welcome to the crime chat. I am your forensic femme fatale and Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two girls who were once asked by our fairy godmother what we wanted, bigger boobs or a better memory. And for the life of us, we cannot remember what we said. I don't remember at It's all. a mystery. Uh. <laughs> but we always remember to obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. Here is your disclaimer, chatters. The following crime chat contains adult content and descriptions of potentially violent scenarios. Your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And before we get into today's crime chat, cat. What have you done? COVID. Poor kitty cat is sick. (laughs) The COVID got me. Yes. That bitch. First few days were pretty bad. Um, Had almost, like, it was almost 103 temperature, like, fever, chills, the works, you know. And now it's pretty much just congestion and cough, so I'll do my best, guys. If you hear me sounding nasally, that is why. You sound sultry. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm doing my best. If, you, if you're watching us on Patreon on the video, I put my best on for the next 40-ish minutes, and that's what you're going to get. <laughs> but other than that, I was being in bed. I was able to catch up on a couple things. We finished inventing Anna, and I don't know. I mean, I think she is probably a scam. It seems she thinks, I don't know, she is a fake heiress, right? She says that her defense, she tried to use it to her advantage and to to try and um, just start a business. I could see that as a defense, but I honestly think that it was a totally, totally a scam. She's a scam. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about her accent? Oh, it's off. Oh, yeah. It was totally weird. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I do want to... I love you, but I hate you at the same time. We finished Midnight Mass. Uh Uh-huh. That is the most hocus-pocus witchcraft (laughs) bullshit I have ever seen. (laughs) What in the ever-loving world? I mean... Thank you. It got you the first couple episodes where you're like, something weird is going on here. And then you just like fell into it. Yeah. That's some hocus-pocus bullshit. Fucking Netflix. (laughs) But I also watched the um, uh, the Netflix documentary on Marilyn Monroe and whether she was murdered or if it was actually suicide. And uh, we decided we're going to go ahead and do that as a crime chat. I can't wait. That's coming up in the next couple months. For crime and cosmetics. For crime and cosmetics, yep. That's going to be a good one. That is gonna, I think she was yeah. murdered. You know, uh, there's a lot that can drive somebody to do what they do. And whether it's it's homicide or suicide, that is definitely a twister. And Bailey Sarian just did a case closed on that same documentary. Okay, I got to watch that. I didn't see that one. All right. I love Marilyn. Don't get me wrong. Love Marilyn. But if you stand on stage and start to sing happy birthday to, to my husband. Oh, my gosh. Yes. In front of the world. So, and that's, and, and in the documentary, that's where they explain, like, she was starting at the peak of her downfall at that point. Ah. Uh, it makes total sense. Do you think Jackie had something to do with it? No. No? No. And actually, she was more Robert Kennedy than John. Ah, okay. And Ro- she saw Robert Kennedy the day that she died. There's so much more to it. you got to watch the documentary. And we're going to get into it in a crime chat in the future for crime and cosmetics. Okay. So. All right, good. So let's yeah. just put, put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. That's right. Put that on pause. So what about you? I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> I have been uh, watching YouTube. I've been watching the unfortunate 
events that have been unfolding in the Johnny Depp trial. Oh gosh, yes. Like everybody else watching it, we're just spinning like what the hell is going on here? But And I I see some headlines sometimes and I I don't I'm not a fan of following that kind of stuff. That's just me. Mm-mm. But it seems like Amber Heard has made an ass of herself. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Problem is when you look at the lawsuit, what he's actually suing her for is the fact that what she said in the expose actually took away what he's suing for, which is $40 million. That is a pretty high bar to prove. However, mm-hmm. I think that was not his purpose. I think his purpose was to damage her and he did it. He doesn't need... I think he did, He doesn't yeah. need to win at this point. No, I say... He doesn't need the money. No, and he's not going to get $40 million. He, But yeah. whatever damages he does get, the damage is done. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It took a life of its yeah. own. So whatever happens at this point, just just remember, regardless of judgment, it the judgment's already done. In the court of public opinion. In the court of public opinion. You know what this brings yeah. me back to? What? OJ. Yeah, yeah. sure. Because uh, we were so sure that he was go- going away. Mm-hmm. And when, yep. when that clapped back on us and we were like, what? If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. You play a court case right, it doesn't matter who wins. Mm-hmm. Yep, it doesn't. And, and it's not what you know, it's what you can prove Yeah. in court. Mm-hmm. So, And also this week, I remember a couple couple episodes ago, I talked I talked to you about a case that I worked five years ago I was being subpoenaed for. So I had my trial prep this week, and it's coming up. It was supposed to be done in April. They got the trial got pushed to June. It just reminds me of a lot of that. Like it's not what you know, it's what you can prove in court and what you're and how you play your cards. Right. Yeah. Right. So hey, so before we kick off your crime chat today, which I'm really really excited mm-hmm. to hear about, and I'm really glad that you're going to be doing most of the talking because people don't want to hear this voice. <laughs> <laughs> but we did, um, this month, we're in May, we helped celebrate Cinco de Mayo, celebrating Mexican resistance to foreign occupation. And according to our friends at Encyclopedia Britannica, Cinco de Mayo, or the 5th of May, is a holiday celebrated in parts of Mexico and in the U.S. in honor of the military victory during the Battle of Puebla. Mexico defeated Napoleon's France on May 5th, 1962, southeast of Mexico City. So a little bit of history about that. Before you get into that, did you know what's the day before the 5th of May? May the 4th be with you. <laughs> of course. I'm totally a Star Wars nerd. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love Star Wars, but I didn't I didn't make that connection. Yeah. So from 1861 to 1862, English, Spanish, and French troops occupied Mexico for debts owed to them. By April of 1862, only the French actually remained and attempted to establish a monarchy in Mexico. And Mexico was like, mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> they were also trying to curb any kind of U.S. influence in the area. And during the actual battle, about a thousand French troops were killed. But the French actually remained for another five years, which seems really weird. But yeah, that's what happened. So in the city of Puebla, it became a symbol of Mexican resistance for foreign occupation. Puebla was renamed Puebla de Zaragoza after commanding general Ignacio Zaragoza. And is now a museum and a park and like a remembrance of everything that happened there. And every year, Puebla celebrates with parades, speeches, and reenactments of 1862 battle. While this is a celebration of independence, it's not to be confused with the actual official Mexican Independence Day, which is celebrated on September 16th. I didn't know that. Didn't know that either. So now here's another tale of Cinco de Mayo. You may 
or may not have heard of. According to Snopes, there's a joke that tends to spike inquiries on their website this time of year. Most people don't know that back in 1912, Hellman's mayonnaise was manufactured in England. In fact, the Titanic was carrying 12,000 jars of the condiment scheduled to be delivered for Veracruz, Mexico, which was to be the next port of call for the great ship after the stop to New York. This would have been the largest single shipment of mayonnaise ever delivered to Mexico, but as we know, the great ship did not make it to New York. The ship hit an iceberg, sank, and the cargo was lost forever. The people of Mexico who were crazy about mayonnaise and eagerly awaiting its delivery were disconsolate. Disconsolate? Disconsolate at the loss. Their anguish was so great that they declared a national day of mourning, which they still observe to this day. The national day of mourning occurs each year on May 5th and is known as, of course, Cinco, S-I-N-K-O, de Mayo for mayonnaise. Wait, is that, is that it? No. That is, that's the origin of Cinco de Mayo? Cinco de Mayo. Oh, okay. Cinco de Mayonnaise. So from Snopes.com, it says, quote, Cinco de Mayo really needs a serious debunking. They note that the final destination of the Titanic was, in fact, New York, not Veracruz, New Mexico. The great ship was not carrying jars of mayonnaise. Among its cargo, the Hellman's brand of mayonnaise was not sold or manufactured in England until 50 years after Titanic's ill-fated voyage. This was debunked completely by Snopes, and it is something that still is circulating constantly around social media around the 5th of May. But you know what? I love it. I know. (laughs) Cinco de mayonnaise. There you go. We talked a little bit with, you know, urban legends and the kind of things like Mm -hmm. word of mouth and how a friend of a friend and all that stuff and how it develops for the Mothman episode. And I totally see this like being related to that. And was there a Mothman sighting at your bar recently? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? He's been coming around. He's been coming around. And he, he loves the... Uh, red wine barreled for 30 days in a rum barrel. Really? Mm-hmm. It's, he's a fan favorite of that 19 Crimes. The more I know of him, I like him. It, maybe the Mothman uh, flew over True. the at- northern Atlantic on the Titanic. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's really good. Okay, so chatters. At this point, I would like everybody to pour yourself a margarita. Kat, what are you drinking? I am drinking a margarita. Oh, you are. You're drinking an actual margarita. Like your husband made that with love. I'm drinking my husband husband's made margarita I can't fully taste but I feel the effects (laughs) okay I got my margarita all right so we're gonna sit back and we're gonna take a trip to Mexico today we're gonna be chatting about the Gonzalez sisters have you heard I have not I'm super interested I did not read your story Uh. I'm super excited to hear about what you have to say Uh. not related to Hellman's mayonnaise. (laughs) And just so you know, I apologize in advance if I chop or destroy these words. I'm going to try my best. You speak English and New England. New England. Yeah. Well, I speak English and New York. And and bonkers. (laughs) And and, and Yonkers. And now Florida. And now Florida. Which is Southern Yonkers. (laughs) True. (laughs) The Gonzalez sisters were born in the early 1900s to parents Isidro Torres and Bernadita. They had four daughters, 
Delphina was the oldest. She was born in either 1909 or 1912. They really don't know. I guess they didn't have birth certificates back then. Records probably weren't as astute as they might have been. Isn't that crazy? And the rest of the continent? Yeah. The second born was Maria del Carmen. She was born in 1918. Then it was Maria de Seuss, who was nicknamed Chewy. She was born in 1920. Also, last born was Maria Luisa, nicknamed Eva, in 1924. Their father worked as a local militia serving in the local police. He would ride through the town on horseback and he would keep order and he was known for like abusing his power. He was an asshole, basically. Mm. Uh, Their mother was very religious and known for going to church every day. Their father was extremely abusive and alcoholic. He was known for his macho attitude. This was a common during the time, especially in Mexico, with amongst Catholic families. He believed that it was his job to kind of keep the women in check. Mm-hmm. Tell them what to mm-hmm. wear. Tell them how to look. Mm-hmm. Don't talk when not spoken to. That's yep. sort of attitude. Yeah. As you can imagine, they were dressed in like they're going to a funeral every day. Sure. Uh, full full garb. like Full garb. Yeah. Head to toe. Yep. Regardless of the weather. Yes, exactly. If they did not adhere to his rules, he would beat them and then he would lock them up in the house. So they had a pretty rough childhood and upbringing. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the girls would complain to their mother about his abuse, the mother would say, oh, honey, just pray about it. I mean, and assuming a lot of them were Catholic, that's kind of a Catholic thing, right? Um, We talked a little bit about that too in last week's episode with the with the crash on the Andes and some of those passengers, devout Catholics and... That's what they would do. You know, and people are so, I know this is a hot topic because it's religion, but you know what? I under, what you're, what you said last week about the Andes, like I get it because I think religion brought them to a point where they had to survive and then they need to believe in a higher power and all that. Great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But this, like pray about your father not abusing, getting drunk and abusing you (laughs) is a very perverted way of of thinking about your religion. Like I just, I don't think that that's. Midnight mass. Uh oh. (laughs) did you hate that lady at one point oh my god yes I was so ready to watch her die. Chatters, if you want to meet like the most hateable lady in the world, go watch Midnight Pass. The per- the reason why people hate religion is that lady. Yes, but she's more like big love. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, she was gross. It was gross. So at one point, Carmen, the second oldest, began to a secret relationship with an older man, mm-hmm. which was not like uncommon back then for young girls to kind of hook up with the older men because they weren't looking to really go to school or be anything. They just needed somebody to take mm-hmm. care of them mm-hmm. and normally they would escape their abusive household and just go into another abusive household another man that's going to treat them yeah you know yeah like secondary her father found out tracked her down beat her and then threw her in jail now remember he's part of like the local militia mm-hmm. so he has access everything that i guess the, the local police department has so he's like a bounty hunter where he can kind of like lock them up yeah throw them in and they're like yeah no problem you know people who know people Right, and he would do this with his own daughter. Yeah, that's sad. It is sad. While Carmen was in jail, because he left her in the jail cell for a couple of months, while he was there, he 
killed somebody. He shot a man abusing his own power. So he already didn't like this one individual, although the person was not guilty of anything. Mm -hmm. He pulled his gun out and he shot him. Just because. Just because. Because he was Mm. mad. Because, you know, he's abusive. So he ended up fleeing the town. But he left his daughter in jail. So, like, police ended up coming in saying, listen, I don't know why you're still here. Your dad's long gone. You can go now. Like, she was... I I, I feel bad now. I'm not going to feel bad later, but I feel bad now for... (laughs) At this point in time in her life. Yeah, very short. There's Mm -hmm. sympathy. There's a little sympathy. Yeah. So after this time, Carmen went back home to her three other sisters. Her parents were gone. Father left. He took his wife. They were gone. What's next? How are they going to fend for themselves? At this point, the history is a little fuzzy about what happens next. Okay. Some reports say that the parents died and left the girls this small inheritance that they were able to start living a life. Mm -hmm. Some people say that the sisters took maiden name of the mother, which is not proven. And we don't even know for certain what the mother's maiden name is. Okay. Well, and I I think we talked about that in a previous episode where it was common for them to take the maiden name. Oh, Julia Tafana. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To take the maiden name of mm-hmm. the mother. Yes. So there's no real way to figure out what exactly happened to mommy and daddy. Okay. Maybe they killed them. I don't know. Maybe. You never know, but they're gone. Mm-hmm. Maria, Luisa, and Delfina briefly got jobs at the local textile shop. Got paid very little, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The sisters were afraid of being poor. And I understand that. Like, I get it. Sure. Yeah. In 1938, Carmen began dating a man, Jesus Vargas, who was a criminal and a con man. The two ended up opening a small cantina together. They started to skim money off the top. It eventually shut down because mm-hmm. it couldn't sustain itself. Mm-hmm. However, this got the sisters thinking that, oh my God, you know what? If I'm the boss, I can make some money. Mm-hmm. Illegal activity. Mm-hmm. A little racketeering. Right. So the sisters came up with their next move, which was to open a saloon, but they basically were scraping by because remember, there were four of them. Of course. This is also back in 1938. They were in a small town, so they were scraping by. Mm-hmm. For obvious reasons, this was not satisfactory for them. They began to work on a plan on how to grow their business. They started off with trading sexual favors to policemen. Okay. Yeah, in order for them to look the other way when they were serving alcohol, which was maybe they didn't have a liquor license or some type of permit in order to have the saloon serve certain things, but, you know, yeah. I'll meet you in the back. Yeah. We'll take care of this or whatever. Like we, like you were talking about, about the Big Easy. Right. You know, you go through the little tunnel and right. you kind of cut through a little bit right. and then you, you know, you might have a little bit of alcohol. Also, their patrons that were going there were criminals. Mm-hmm. So the police would promise them that they wouldn't raid. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So the business continued to grow. Harmon, working as the accountant at the time, she decided to get permits in order for the business to operate legally okay. as this seedy hotel. So she went from a saloon to a hotel with a little bar. But she did it legally. Like like a hostel? Like a hostel. Okay. In Mexico, they called it a brothel. It quickly became one of the most famous brothels in town, but the sisters had decided that they weren't just interested in a motel, and they weren't interested in the clientele that came in, because remember, in a brothel, they had the motel, they had the bar, and they also had frequent flyers like prostitutes come in mm-hmm. in order to satisfy their clientele. Mm-hmm. And the sister said, you know what? I don't like this girl coming in taking my money. Oh. She's having sex with my patron, and then she's getting mm-hmm. paid. Oh, no, this isn't going to work for me. She's getting paid and enjoying it? 
They were worse than a pimp. Okay. So they didn't even want a pimp. Like a pimp gets paid and then pays somebody. Yeah. They didn't want to pay somebody. They just wanted to get paid. Okay. This is where the terror begins. Uh. At first, the sisters would take turns in traveling the local towns around their brothel, like these local villages, and they would tell young girls and families, hey, I got an opportunity for your daughter at my saloon or at my brothel uh, as a waitress or as a hostess. And these people, they were coming from very rural areas of Mexico and they were like, oh, this is an opportunity for my daughter to make some money and send it home. Mm. So what we call human trafficking today? And they would say like, oh yeah, we have really big opportunities for them back in and there was a brothel. Now I'm going to try this name. Okay, you ready? So it's Guadalajara. Yeah. Uh, De Noche. Yeah. That was their second brothel that they were like, hey, we got this booming business and we want to hire some local staff to kind of run it. Mm -hmm. But however, they would only recruit girls between 12 and 15. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once the girls got to the brothel, they realized, oh my God, we were just tricked. Mm -hmm. yep. The sisters would use abusive tactics to break down the girls and keep them from resisting their captivity. Mm -hmm. Once the girls arrived at the brothels, this is basically what happened. The men would immediately strip them down nude and they would rape them. Mm. It didn't matter what age. This is kind of like mm -hmm. their induction to what is going to be happening from now on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The girls were intentionally kept nearly starving all the time too weak to escape but they weren't dying mm -hmm. they weren't allowed to go outside they were kept inside the brothel and the brothel had these huge they would build these huge uh, walls and on top they would have barbed wire mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with razors so there was no way a weak 12 year old was going to climb out of this brothel right and just the look was probably just intimidating enough to yeah. keep them from doing that yeah oh yeah conditions were compared to concentration camps mm -hmm. it was dirty it was dingy the girls were often filthy and un unwashed the hotel had high walls so there was no escaping it and they were starved in order to keep them in check basically and the next part is going to make you sick when the girls were impregnated you can only imagine that this happened frequently mm -hmm. they were made to have an abortion back in 1950s in mexico abortions were illegal there was no doctors on call in order to treat the girls and normally they would mm -hmm. use alternative medicine and normally it would be either a vet not even a vet some farmer mm -hmm. in a stable mm -hmm. or beating the girl relentless to make them like to force a miscarriage yeah Ugh. because abortions were illegal and people right. seeking abortions if they ended up sick one they were criminal for even seeking one so they were afraid mm -hmm. to report it they would arrest me for even right. getting it. what a bad time yeah. for to be a girl oh horrible yeah so many of the girls of the brothel would either bleed to death or die from untreated illness mm -hmm. if a baby was accidentally carried to term the boys that were born were killed immediately okay. so they were disposed of some of the girls they were kept in the hostel to be a future sex worker oh be you know born and bred a sex worker oh horrible oh my god if girls tried to escape they would immediately be thrown in a room and they would either be left to starve or beaten mm -hmm. it didn't matter but they were gonna die regardless so if you try to escape you're gonna die mm -hmm. it's like up to the poor sisters on how are you gonna mm -hmm. die if you're gonna starve to death if you were gonna be beaten by your friend that mm -hmm. you sleep with in the barracks or you know it's just it's just terrible yeah i mean and but it also too i'm sure they were threatened like if they didn't yeah beat the other girl they would probably beaten themselves yeah it's just terrible now you can imagine there's a lot of bodies a lot of dead bodies mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one of their larger brothels was the loma 
and hell, but it's spelt Loma de Angel, but they pronounce it Loma and hell. Yeah. Which is very fitting. Yes. And hell. Yeah. This is where they had their mass grave. So behind the hotel, they had this big pit mm-hmm. and they would throw mm-hmm. in all the newborns that they killed, all the girls that they killed, anybody who messed with their business, they threw into this mm-hmm. pit. Gonzalez sisters had no desire to keep anybody alive. They didn't care. They were just like, you're replaceable. Because you have no moral compass. So now the Gonzalez sisters, their recruitment tactics would include nearby towns and the towns Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. did catch on to this suddenly in the newspapers like mexico city they started reporting missing girls where they were seen last some locals saw them at this brothel things like that right it made people upset however there's very little people can do about it this is probably going to make you sick Ugh, sicker is it worse than covid it is it (laughs) is unfortunately okay Uh, it's gonna make you sick but it's not gonna be a surprise or a shock so the local police and politicians at this time were willing to turn their head at a chance to rape a young girl of course yeah okay the sisters would strategically hold back the prettiest girl in order to trade their virginity for the most important politician in order to exchange for their silent detection Mm -hmm. i'm assuming the gonzalez sisters had a very large black book Mm -hmm. that they can release Mm -hmm. the gonzalez sisters would also murder some very wealthy clients if you came into their brothel and you were a rich man that didn't mean you were walking out like they looked at you and said okay one do you have any enemies in high places that want to pay me off for killing you or two what do you have on your person that I can steal right now? Mm-hmm. It didn't take much for mm-hmm. them to kill you. Remember, in the backyard, they have their built-in graveyard. So it reminded me a little bit of that movie, Dust Till Dawn. Okay, yep. Do you remember that that Quentin Tarantino movie? Yeah, yeah. Where, like, behind the hotel, there was this big, huge hole in the ground of a mass grave. Right, yeah, I remember that. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. The sisters at this point were making a ton of money. They opened six brothels in total. Wow. Loma del Hell was the large. Mm-hmm. They also had a couple of male workers at the brothels. There was one known as the Black Eagle, who was kind of like their enforcer. Okay. He was like the man in charge of all the other guys. The Gonzaleses, remember, they're the oldest one is Delphine. Mm-hmm. They believe that the Black Eagle was her lover and that they did have a child together. There is a picture of him. Oh. So we'll, we'll post okay. it on Patreon. Okay. Another man they called the Executioner. Mm. He would be in charge of killing the girls and getting rid of the bodies and burying them. Naturally. Delphine's son, Ramon Torres, which they believe is the son of Delphine and the Black Eagle. Okay. He was nicknamed El Tempo. And El Tempo is a nickname can translate into the drunk. Oh. I'm, I'm assuming he would frequent the bars at his mom's place and just be like one of the moochers. Well, I mean, if you grow up in a brothel house. True. Knowing, knowing you can abuse and rape and do whatever you want with these women. Yeah. Why not? Yep. He did help uh, the Black Eagle with keeping the girls in line. Many other men worked with the sisters at the brothels of course they had like an army to themselves sure and they would continue through the years abducting raping abusing starving murdering all these girls and men Mm -hmm. depending on if you got into their crosshairs the brothels would rage on between the 50s and the 60s but in 1963 the gonzaleses would be dealt a very big blow okay in 1963 delfina's son ramon got into a fight at the bar with a police officer he was shot dead the police officer knew what was going on and he was mad like he 
I think he was mad that he got attacked. Mm. Well, Ramon probably was a little cocky. Probably. He was like, this is my mom's That's brothel. Right. Who are you to come right. in here? And yeah. He ended up calling it in and shutting the brothel down temporarily. Oh. But it gave them enough time to kind of get in there and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So Delfina was very angry about her son and sent the Black Eagle, the dad, to get revenge on the cop for shooting her son. In January 1964, one girl did escape. Oh. And her name is Catalina Ortega. And I wanted to say her name because she's a survivor. So that was always my name in Spanish class was Catalina. Catalina. Yeah. Yes. Catalina. Oh, I love it. It's a beautiful name. She was locked up at the brothel in Loma, which is the large one. Catalina managed to squeeze out one of the small openings because she was very young and she was able, she was very malnutrition. She was starving and she was able to squeeze through the bars. She managed to get to a safe place. She contacted her mother, but at the time she did not want to report it. She was traumatized. She didn't know what to do. She was afraid of the police. She was afraid of the Gonzaleses. She was afraid for herself, Mm -hmm. for her family, but her mother... Mama Bear was like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. We're going to the police and we're going to, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of children missing right now. I'm not the only one. Right. Mom marched her down, uh, reported to police, and they realized at that point that some of the police were not on the Gonzalez mm-hmm. payroll. There were some good cops out there that were like, mm-hmm. we know what's going on. We just don't know how to get them. <laughs> we're trying to stay alive right. ourselves and we, we don't know what to do. Yeah. The police officers could not believe the story that Catalina was saying to them. Uh, it was just so horrible and a lot of people were like, oh my God, how does four God-fearing women do this? Mm-hmm. Like, very easy. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On January 14th, the police arrived at the Loma brothel to find around a dozen girls between the age of 13 and 17 being held captive. The police and journalists, the police brought journalists with them, the good ones. But you do that when, back in that day, yeah. They arrived and they could not believe what they were seeing. All the girls that that they were rescuing were telling their stories of their horrors and what they just lived through. Police also uncovered the mass grave, which was located behind the brothel. Delphine and Chewie were arrested and taken to jail immediately for questioning. Carmen, however, Mm -hmm. which, if you remember, is the uh, second oldest, she actually died of cancer at this time. Louisa went on the run near Mexico City but later turned herself in. So now the case at the time was highly publicized and the journalists and the villagers gathered outside the ranch to take photos and seek vengeance on the sisters. They were pissed. There were a lot of upset Mm -hmm. people at this time. There were a lot of missing family members. Yeah, sure. There are many pictures of Delfina and Chewie casually standing around dressed in all black. Uh, I'll post it on the Patreon, but these women are just crazy. The disconnect from what they did, they're still in mourning because of Delphine's son. Mm -hmm. So they're wearing all black with the headscarf. Right. When you see them, you would never think they could could do this. Have you seen my my roommate thing on Netflix? (laughs) The worst roommate ever. I've seen a couple of episodes. I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah, the old lady. She looks like your grandma. Wait, is that the one that buried bodies in her backyard? Yeah. Do you know she's like 20 years younger than what she looks? Mm -hmm. Exactly. In that photo she looks like she's 70 but she's actually younger than me she's like 40 something yeah people are crazy when they do things like that they're crazy they're crazy these pictures when you see them one of them the chewy is smoking a cigar Mm -hmm. so like she's sitting there like i mean it's just so sick they showed no remorse in the pictures they look pretty unbothered about the whole thing they were Mm -hmm. just like you know i think they were damaged a long time ago when they were answering questions from the police they were just like oh yeah i'll show you the mass grave 
Oh my god, like nothing wrong. I'll take you there. Yeah. That they were just convinced that this was their place of business and they were allowed to do whatever they needed to do to make money. They did show the police where the bodies were buried and they did not deny a damn thing. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe they didn't think anything was wrong with it. I mean, I they had their own trauma. Mm-hmm. That's where you have what, being a sociopath where you don't understand that something is actually not okay, morally okay with this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The townspeople, they were like, here's the list of names. The list was growing and growing and the Gonzalez sisters were like listen if they if they started working for i can't say if they're alive or dead like i don't know i might have killed i probably did kill them like they that was their Mm -hmm. attitude Mm. a lot of family members would whether they were with the gonzalez's or not but a lot of ports would come in and they were hoping at least if we know they hit the gonzalez's we know that it would happen to them Mm -hmm. but you know it it does i feel bad for these people yeah the people wanted the sisters lynched sure and for their safety the police had to move them to a nearby town to another prison upon searching the property at loma which is the main ranch uh the remains of 91 human remains were uncovered consisting of girls men and fetuses Mm. 91. The trial made headlines nationwide. The survivors would testify about the terrible things that happened to them at the brothel. Mm -hmm. They talked about how they were kidnapped, drugged, tortured, starved, and made to have abortions and be forced to beat other girls to death and stuff like that. Not sure if this is even true, but here it is. Here's like this weird fact I think it's like more part of the legend of the story than it's not in the testimony at the trial, but I think it's part of the legend. Well, they would state stories of satanic rituals about the sisters bathing in animal blood, Mm. that they were forced to have sex with animals while the sisters participated. So a lot of times when you're talking about a female serial killer, somebody will say they're a witch or that there was Satanism involved or something. Bev off of Midnight Mass. Bingo. (laughs) Whether it's true or not, I don't know. I think the Satan is sitting there going, holy damn, these girls are bad. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they're giving me a good name. (laughs) That's how bad these girls are. I've read that the sisters were extremely Catholic Mm -hmm. and very religious and mixing Satanism in that I think was like journalistic attempts at sensationalizing a story to get people to buy the newspaper. Do we know it's true? No, but there it is. During the trial, the girls gave detailed information about the bribes paid to police, politicians, and officials. I'm sure they had a huge black book that they can produce. And it was just the three because the one died, right? Okay. Yes. So the three sisters were found guilty of 91 murders plus kidnapping of at least 100 girls and were each sentenced to 40 years in prison because that was the maximum sentence in Mexico. They deserved multiple years. Yeah. But they can only get 40 each. I mean, they probably were going to die in prison anyways because they weren't. The younger sister may not. Well, yeah. Only 19 other participants were tried in the involvement of the rapes and the murders of the girls. Think about it. Only 19 people were tried. That's it. It seems like there was a lot more people involved than that. Yeah. Delphine served the shortest term. There was speculation of her mental health at the time that she took quite a beat in being in prison. It was just terrible. Horrible. Horrible. And she was paranoid and she was paranoid about being murdered herself in prison. Mm. Deserve it. So on October 17th, 1968, just four years after being arrested, she was having extreme anxiety over some men doing repairs in her jail cell. So above her jail cell, they were doing some construction work and Delphine would be like, oh my God, 
she's crying. Oh my God, this is this is too close to my room. And I think that something's gonna fall on me. <laughs> and apparently distracted one of the construction workers and a um, bucket of cement hit her head. <laughs> oh God. And killed her. Sorry. And it killed her? I don't mean to laugh, but fuck it. I'm gonna laugh because- Oh my gosh. I, I think she, I think, you know what? I think- Okay. You deserve to have a bucket of cement dropped on your Let head. me tell you something. Maybe one of those construction workers was a family member of somebody you abducted. And he was mm-hmm. just sitting there waiting for you to just walk in the vicinity with a with a hard bucket of cement and just be like, oops, boop, oops. Liability. My bad. My, my bad. Sorry. And also the story didn't say if she died on the spot or if she died later on at the hospital. But either way, she's dead. Mm-hmm. So now on November 19th, 1984, Maria Luisa was found dead in her cell she had been dead for a while and then when they found her the rats were eating her body good i think the town got its own dose of you know like mm. yeah so now chewy the last sister uh was paroled early mm-hmm. i couldn't find any information of why she was paroled early i don't know why they would parole her early but sources said that um she was released in 1978 after serving 14 years in prison and supposedly she met a 64 year old man while in prison maybe a, a worker or something and that okay. she was at that point released and they mo- got married moved away and she has never been heard from since huh. I know crazy in 2002 there was one more update to a sad story cat a new housing development in Loma where the mass grave was discovered they found several more skeleton remains of 20 other people. Investigators believe that the remains had been buried in the 1950s and 60s and they believe that these were the additional victims of the Gonzales sisters. If that is Mm. the case, Kat, that means they murdered over 110 people and that would make them the most prolific serial killers of all time. The end. Of all time, though. What about Julia Tafana? She had an alleged 600. You can never mention the queen. (laughs) But with that said, happy Cinco de Mayo, Oh, happy Cinco de Mayo. So what do you think about my story? That is insane. I have never heard of that story before. Um, well, last week we when I contracted COVID, we <laughs> went to San Antonio for my son's graduation from his technical school training. He became a um, he became a corpsman and is fully trained in being a medic now for the military. Yay. Congratulations. Yeah. And we ended up going to the Alamo, which was the super cool thing. Like I hadn't been there in, I don't know, 25 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. He had never been there before. My husband had never been there before. It was really, really cool. So it was kind of fitting that it all kind of happened, you know, right around the same time. But I had never heard of this story before at all. It's crazy, right? But it doesn't surprise me at the same time. Is that weird? No, that's what we do. We obsess about evil crying, star crying, the occasionally unknown. And nothing <laughs> no, shocks no. us. Nothing. When I was researching this story, I was so focused on Cinco de Mayo that I'm like, um, is there a Cinco de Mayo massacre? Or is there a, like anywhere in the world? And this story kept on popping up. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, like this, we gotta, we gotta highlight sure. this. Sure. I mean, mm. so the youngest one being Chewy, she's, she died somewhere. Chewie was born in 1920. So, I mean, she's a, if she's still alive, she'd be 102. I doubt that she's still alive right now. Um, rest in hell. <laughs> rest in hell. All four of you. All four of you. <laughs> All four of you. Mm. You are evil women yeah. and you give religion a bad name. Yes. 
because of your extreme practices. Yeah. In, but that is crazy. That is an insane yeah. story. And chatters, because we don't want to leave you hanging, please subscribe to our Patreon. I can't wait for the next uh, recommendation from our subscriber. Yes, I know. Like, I'm looking forward to this. We have a couple of people who won the Murder a Makeup palettes. Yeah, the eyeshadow palettes. Because yes. they subscribe to the Patreon, mm-hmm. so they got a free eyeshadow palette, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen it yet, we have launched our official website. Crime Chat with Nat and Cat.com. Yes. And you can buy your own merch on there. Yes. We've got glasses, shirts, we got a beanie, we got a keychain. Look, Nat's wearing a shirt right now. Thank you, Fairy Godmother. Yes, thank you, Fairy Godmother. <laughs> I don't remember what it was that we were. Wait, 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 wait. I don't remember. I don't remember. But yeah, we've got our own website, and you can also, it's linked to all of our socials. So you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, TikTok. everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll follow us on all the socials. Just search at Crime Chat with Nat and Cat. Oh, we're going to have a crime and cosmetics next time. Yeah. It is going to be, so our next episode is going to be a makeup artist that was featured on YouTube, and she was so popular on YouTube. And how did she get herself caught in a crime? Oh, no. You have to listen to it next time, Chatters. Until next time, Chatters. Bye. Bye.